Hello, and welcome back to my podcast. Today I'll be reading Chapter 3 of Wings of Fire, The Dragonet Prophecy. Suddenly there was a thundering crash from the central cave. Clay heard the entrance boulder slam back into place, then heard the rumble of heavy footsteps. From the extra squished flap sound of them, he knew it must be webs. Something's happening, Tsunami said. She hurried to the door, her ears twitching, with the spiny ridge along her back sitting up straight. We have to listen. Starfight spread his wings slowly. I'm sure we'll find out what the fuss is in the morning. I don't want to wait that long, Tsunami spun around to jab him in the underbelly with her tail and tipped backwards with a grunt. Don't be a smoke breather. Let's go. She whirled out of the cave. Clay winced as his sore muscles sprang into action. He followed Glory to the central cave. Glory's scales were already changing to match the molten gray and black rocks. In a moment, <clears throat> she'd be nearly impossible to see. Starflight passed to join her, and the two of them hurried away toward the tunnel that led to the big dragon's cave. They vanished almost immediately into the shadows. Hidden by their coloring, they could get as close as they could to eavesdrop, but Clay and Tsunami had even a better shot of hearing everything, if they hurried. Tsunami was already charging across the cave to the river. What about Sunny? Clay called quietly. He could hear little Sari being rummaging around in her sleeping cave, putting away squirrels. <clears throat> we'll come up with something to tell her later, Tsunami hissed back. Clay felt sorry that Sunny was the only one who didn't know about their spying games. But they had learned their lesson about trusting her with secrets years ago. <clears throat> Sunny, Sunny hadn't meant to tell Dune about the pile of rocks the dragonettes were collecting. Their plan was to build a tower to the sky hole back when they were too small to fly. They'd only want to stick their heads out and look around, but <clears throat> sorry. One day Sunny forgot to be careful around Dune, and the next day all the collected rocks were gone from their hiding place. That was the end of the plan and of Sunny getting to know about getting to know anything. Tsunami disappeared into the river with a nearly soundless splash. The pale flecks under her blue scales shimmered as she swam upriver. Clay dove in after her. He wished she could see in the dark like she could. At least she remembered to activate the the glow in the dark stripes along her tail. Mutt wings couldn't breathe under water like uh, sea wings, but they could hold their breath for more than an hour. So whenever the dragonettes wanted to spy on their guardians, Clay and Tsunami used the river to get closer than the others. He caught up to the sea wing as she was wriggling through the underwater gap in the cave walls. It made Clay nervous every time, squeezing through such a small space. He wished he hadn't eaten an extra cow at dinner. His claws scrabbled on the rocks, catching into the crevices. There was a brief, terrified moment as as his midsection got stuck. What would he be drowned? Would he drown down here? Would the prophecy be ruined because of an extra cow? Then, with a whoosh of bubbles, he popped through and shot after a tsunami. Her tail striped when dark as they swam quietly into the guardian's cave. The three older dragons hardly pay attention to the river, except for Webs, who sometimes slept in the shallows. It would never occur to them that two pairs of dragonette ears might be poking out of the water, listening. Clay drifted to stop to a stop near the entrance while Tsunami swam to the far side of the room. 
That way, at least one of them could hear, no matter where the minders were talking. Tonight, however, Clay was pretty sure everyone could hear everything, including Glory and Starflight in the passageway outside. From the way Castor was shouting, it was possible even to hear the sky. It was possible even the sky rings up in the mountain peaks could hear her. Coming here with no warning after six years, suddenly he's interested. A jet of fire shot off her snout and blasted the nearest rock on. Maybe he wants to make sure they're ready to stop this war. Disordered these dragons. Then he's going to be extremely, very disappointed. He eased himself onto a flat boulder, stretching his four legs down, and managed and mangled wings toward the fire. The big sandwing dragon never discussed his scars or how he lost his foot, but the dragonettes could guess from the, from the anger in his voice whenever he talked about the war. The fact that he couldn't fly was probably why he was chosen for an underground dragonet minding duty. Dragonet minding duty. He clearly wasn't picked for his warm, nurturing personality. We've done our best, Webb says. The prophecy chose these dragonets, not us. Does he even know what happened? Castro demanded. Does he know about the broken neck and the rain wing or the sand wing? Clay winced. Poor Sunny. He floated closer, keeping his bulky brown length beneath the surface of the dark water. Through the ripples, he could see the blurred shapes of the large dragons gathered around the fire. Webb flapped his wings. I'm not sure what he knows or why he cares. I'm not sure what he knows or why he cares. The messenger said, Marosir is coming. I'm supposed to meet him meet him and bring him here tomorrow. Marosir. That sounded familiar. Clay racked his brain. A dragon from history class? One of the tribe rulers? No, it couldn't be. All the three tri- all the tribes are ruled by queens. I'm not worried about Sunny. Dune said, we follow the prophecy's instructions. It's not our fault she's the way she is. For that rain wing, he's not going to like it. A deep growl rumbled in Kestrel's throat. I don't like it either. I never have. Glory's not that bad, Webbs argued. She's smarter than she wants us to know. You overestimate her because you brought her here, Dune said. She's lazy and worthless like the rest of her tribe. And she's not a sky wing, Kestrel snapped. We're supposed to have a sky wing. Clay wished Glory didn't have to hear all this. The guardians never hid how they felt about her, but she never, and she never acted like she cared. But he wished he could tell her just how. But he wished he could tell her she was just as important and smart as rain as any sky wing. Well, I never thought Marcia would come look at them. Webb said after he dropped off Starflight's egg. I assumed we'd never see him again. That those night wings the night wings have nothing to do with the war. So he's a night wing, Clay thought. Which means super powered and mysterious and full of himself. That was all Clay could remember about night wings. He found himself ac- actually wishing he could get a lecture from Starflight. The epic wonderfulness of night wings was the black dragon's favorite topic. Did the Talon say what he wants, Kestrel asked? Well, it's his prophecy, Webb said. I guess he wants to make sure it actually comes to Marosir. Clay felt a jolt run through him like the stinging shot he felt some, he got, sometimes got when Dune whacked him with his barbed tail for not paying attention. Marosir was the Nightwing who had spoken the Dragonette prophecy ten years ago. 
They had learned about him in history, but it was one of the many facts Clay could never remember. Who had, who had delivered the prophecy never seemed as important as who was in the prophecy. But maybe Mauricio was more important than Clay had realized. After all, he was coming to see them. Perhaps he would take them out into the world. Perhaps they didn't need to escape after all. Perhaps everything was about to change.